Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What a weekend that was. Welcome into Mike in the Morning. Mike in the Morning on a Monday. Combine those two. Why not? Off to a great start this week. Glad you guys are with me as you always are. So, for the record, the plan is, since uh, I will be at the SEC tournament for the first time, um, I will do this. I'm going to bring, well, here, I'll show you. This thing. And hopefully this works. I'm not sure if it's going to or not. But I will have this thing with me. And it plugs right into my laptop instead of a mixer, and the audio is not so good. But uh, I am going to have this with me. I won't have the camera with me, so uh, we'll see how it works. Because I'm not entirely sure, you know, what the Wi-Fi situation at the hotel is going to be or anything like that. It's going to be really cool on Wednesday to to wrap this up and then go straight to the field to watch Mississippi State play. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, is late tomorrow night, so I'll have a really late night. On Tuesday night, in a very early morning on Wednesday, but that's okay. Uh, looking forward to this tournament, and glad that you guys are with me. A couple of things to get to this morning. Obviously, I got a quick thought on the uh, SEC tournament. If you listened to the show yesterday, you kind of know at least what I think is on the line this week for uh, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And quite frankly, I don't really think it's a whole lot, to tell you the truth. I, I think neither team is really playing for a ton. But... It's still the SEC tournament. I know you guys love it, and uh, so we'll talk about that. Also, Phil Mickelson was just magical. Uh, th- that that scene yesterday, him walking up 18, was pretty awesome, and we'll get to that. And also, the NBA playoffs are delivering. They are absolutely delivering. Yesterday was especially great, and ESPN is going to be so mad if these results hold. So we'll get to all that coming up right here on the show. First, though, I do want to remind you that uh, this is on YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel. Just search my name right there and subscribe to the YouTube channel or on iTunes or Spotify. Sorry, Uh, iTunes or Spotify. Uh, You can find me there. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review or any social media channel. So the SEC tournament is this week. And uh, like I said, Ole Miss gets started tomorrow. Uh, Mississippi State. Wednesday morning which is, uh, you know, get your coffee ready. But uh, right now the schedule says that Ole Miss is going to get started at 9 o'clock. That's Eastern, 9 o'clock Eastern, so 8 our time tomorrow night. I'm here to tell you if they start on time at 8 o'clock, it's a miracle. Um, It's going to (laughs) stink. It's really going to stink. Uh, Ole Miss has Auburn. I have not seen anything about pitching yet. I don't know who uh, Ole Miss or State is going to throw. Uh, coming up this week, uh, I would be very hard-pressed if I were Mike Bianco to throw Doug Nikhazy tomorrow or Wednesday, honestly, with the way that he's been stretched lately. Um, I don't know if i throw him at all this week, but that's because I don't think Ole Miss really has a whole lot to play for. Kendall Rogers said earlier that, um, that Ole Miss is like 
you know, a dark horse, if they make a deep run to getting a national seed, they're going to need some help. There's teams in front of them. I don't think that's an attainable goal. And they are a solid regional host. That's done. They are going to host a regional in Oxford in two weeks. So this is blasphemy for some. I talked about it yesterday again, so forgive me for being repetitive if you're a podcast listener, but some people cannot possibly subscribe to the idea of not trying your hardest to win this tournament because it's the SEC championship and that matters to some degree. I don't think it matters really at all. Winning the conference tournament, if you're already in the tournament, doesn't do anything for me. What matters is being best prepared to win a regional, a super regional, and make it to Omaha. Because if you don't do those things, nobody gives a crap about the SEC tournament championship. Nobody cares. Like you can put the trophy in your player lounge or whatever, and maybe put a banner up on your outfield wall. But if you were given the choice, if you gave the fan a choice, hey, you're going to win the SEC tournament, but lose the regional, or you're going to win the regional, but get bounced on Tuesday in the SEC tournament. You know what every single fan is taking? Getting bounced in the SEC tournament and winning their regional. So I just, I wouldn't do anything that could potentially stress one of my better arms. Like I said, if I have to throw Doug Nikhazy, if Ole Miss gets to Friday or, or Thursday or Friday, maybe I consider throwing him on a pitch count. But he has gone over 100 pitches for multiple starts in a row now. It would be better for Ole Miss next week if he sat. That's just me. Or if he was kept on a pitch count, if he was rested. That That's just how I think. Some people disagree with that. That's okay. On the Mississippi State side of things, I don't know what else they have to gain. They're a national seed. They're going to be. Um, they're already going to be playing you know, into Thursday anyway because – they got the bye. They're not having to play tomorrow. But if I'm Chris Limonis, you know, I he hadn't stretched his starting pitchers as much as uh, Doug Nikhazy had been stretched lately. Although this past weekend, like I talked with you guys yesterday about, you finally got to see Chris Limonis start to, to stretch his starters a little bit. He had been really conservative with pitch counts and, and innings thrown and stuff earlier this season until this weekend. And it was very clear that um, he was preserving his arms. It helped that they had a great bullpen. It made those decisions much easier for him that uh, to pull your starters with lower pitch counts, not going as deep into games when you have the bullpen that they do. Very easy to make that decision if you're Chris Limonis. But you saw this weekend that he he stretched both of his guys a little bit, his game one and game two starters. I have no idea what they're going to do in game three. But stretch them a little bit more, ramping them up, getting them ready for the postseason. I don't do that this week if I'm him. I go back to the pitch count that I had earlier this season, whatever that number is. If, if it's 85, 80, 75, 90, I don't know. But whatever it is, I, I keep a strict pitch count this week. Because while winning the SEC tournament is great, if I'm Mississippi State, I don't exactly care um, about stretching my arms and trying my hardest to win the SEC championship because next week they got a regional. Next week they got to win that regional. This is a national championship caliber team. And so I want to make sure I'm best prepared for next week, and that's just me. So what's on the line, honestly, aside from getting a trophy, I don't think a whole lot can be gained or lost this week for either school. I think Mississippi State's a national seed. I think that's done. I think Ole Miss is a regional host. I think that's done. 
And I don't think any results this weekend can really change that. I don't think so. Doesn't feel that way anyway. Uh, regular season record appears to be weighted more than what teams do in the postseason tournament. It, it certainly feels that way. I think it's done for both teams. And so I wouldn't stress this week if I were either coach. I wouldn't stress an arm. I, I wouldn't – I would consider, I mean, giving Tim Elko, if I'm Mike Bianco, I, I maybe wouldn't run him out there. I, I don't really throw Landon Sims much, if at all. Those kind of things. You don't try to lose. I mean, you know, you don't have Rowdy Jordan coming in and pitch, you know. I mean, you don't try to lose, but um, I don't do everything I can, everything I can to win. That's just me. Uh, but we will see uh, how they approach it this week. Like I said, Ole Miss started uh, or get started tomorrow night and then Mississippi State early on Wednesday morning. So looking forward, looking forward to that. But this weekend was awesome. If you're a sports fan in general, it was just awesome. And I'll start with golf. Because that was the the most locked in on a PGA championship that I can remember. And based on what I saw and heard from a lot of you, it was the most locked in you've been to a PGA championship um, in a while. I haven't seen this much attention on that event in particular in a long time, really since Tiger was in the mix in these things. Um, the schedule move also helps a lot. The PGA is no longer last, and so people are a little bit more engaged with fewer, you know, when they're playing this thing in August and football season's ramping up and you've already played the Open and you've already played the U.S. Open, it kind of feels, it was like the redheaded stepchild. Well, it's not when it's major number two, especially at a place like Kiowa, which was just, immaculate but um I guess a a couple of things my first thought is I wonder if it's yesterday in the immediate short term was great for the sport of golf Phil Mickelson the name that he is the polarizing figure that he is making history winning at his age that's great my question is though is that really good for the sport moving forward like down the road because I don't think that there is a younger player, somebody that will be competing for majors over the next five years. Maybe Jordan Spieth, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Rory, maybe. Brooks sure as hell wouldn't command that kind of whatever you want to call it yesterday, energy, whatever it was. The the current players don't generate that level of excitement, that level of we're going to bypass security and surround the green kind of stuff. I mean, Tiger got that treatment. I don't know if a younger player who's going to be around longer will have that kind of draw and attention paid to them. I don't think that player exists right now. So while yesterday was great, it was, I mean, it was spectacular. I don't know if a younger player would command that kind of thing. And so now that Phil is 50 and he's towards the end of his career, and I mean, who knows if Tiger's ever going to swing again, is there somebody that can be that person that will have that kind of draw where fans are so emotionally attached to this player that they will do what they did yesterday to get as close as they can and and do all that? Will that scene be created for somebody else? Um, It was awesome. 
it was just awesome. Um, and that doesn't happen in sports. We kind of talked about this yesterday some, but it bears repeating now that, that he's won the event. That doesn't happen in any other sport, in part because the other sports are, are more physically demanding than golf, but 50-year-olds aren't winning anything in any other sport. Tom Brady is defying everything. He's seven years younger than Phil Mickelson. Um, Phil Mickelson has held a lead in a major in, in four different decades. He's been at the top of the game for 30 years. 30 years. It doesn't happen in any other sport. Aside from just the visuals of the scene yesterday, which, again, was incredible with the ocean in the background and the marsh on the other side, and after going through what we did with, with COVID and all that, and, and there are some people, I wasn't one of them, but there were some people that thought that we shouldn't have crowds like this right now, that it's still, you know, it's still wrong for there to be people there like this. And, and all of those things, all of the last year and a couple months, where there's been no fans. And the la- last year's PGA was played in front of l- nobody at all. It was just the players and like some of the tournament volunteers when he walked off the green just just got got a little applause. That scene was something that that sports missed so much over the last year and a couple months. And, and to get to see that with somebody who was defying age, breaking a record, the oldest player to ever win a major, a guy that's been on top of the game for 30 years, um You just don't see that in any other sport. You don't get that. You don't get it at all. Not like this. And, man, I loved it. I I loved every second of it. And I I find myself rooting for Phil. I I know that he's a polarizing guy. And, again, I'm sorry if you're on the podcast and you listened to this kind of thing yesterday. Please forgive me. But I find myself rooting for the guy. Um. And that was an incredible scene yesterday. And then Vern's call, uh, what was it, on five when he uh, he chipped in from the, the sandy area. So they, they don't have bunkers on the course. You can ground your club everywhere because the, the sand is inconsistent because they're using, like, natural sand in some places. And Anyway, uh, when he chipped in for birdie there, and Vern Lundquist is the only guy ever that can only say – Oh my gracious. And it'd be an incredible call. Like it's something about his voice and, and everything. I mean, all of that was just so perfect. I missed that so much. And um what an incredible scene yesterday. It's just something we don't get in any other sport. 30 years on top of the game, major lead in four different decades. And then the crowd, I mean, the player being mixed in with the crowd as he's walking up 18. The people had already surrounded the green before he got there, so they had to clear a space in the crowd to get Phil through so he could two-putt his way to another major championship after nobody, myself included, really. I mean, I'm a fan, so of course I, I think he can win every week. But realistically, I, didn't, I thought there was no shot that he could do this. Nobody did. He didn't even think there was a shot he could do this not long ago. He even said it after the round. He's like, I'd... You know, it it takes more. I didn't think I'd be here. That kind of stuff. Incredible scene. And I'm glad we got to have that again. I didn't realize how much I missed crowds until they started coming back. Because I watched the Masters and the other majors last year and the PGA Tour without fans. And I thought, hey, you know, the product's pretty good. 
because at the end of the day, it's still golf, right? If they're playing at a high level, it doesn't matter if people are there or not. Same thing with basketball and hockey and football. When we get back to full crowds coming up this fall, it's still going to be football. I enjoyed last college football season. It was good. But when this season happens and the stadiums are full again, I think we're all going to realize that we missed that. And I had that feeling yesterday. I missed that. When I watched basketball, like Madison Square Garden was pretty packed yesterday. And they had an an unvaccinated section, which was like super social distance and really weird looking. Um, the, the vaccinated section versus the unvaccinated section, that's a just a bizarre scenario. Um, but the vaccinated sections were packed full of people, and there, there was a real crowd and a real atmosphere, and you could feel it. And I didn't know I missed it until they came back. But that was awesome yesterday, and, and sadly, something might be done about that. So in case you missed it, Brooks Kepka he had knee surgery a few months ago. Um, he's not totally healthy just yet. But after the round, he was upset because apparently in that crowd, as he was trying to walk up to the green, a couple of people uh, bumped his knee and hurt him. And he even insinuated, here, I'll actually find the quotes for you. Sounded like he insinuated that somebody did it on purpose. Here, I'll find the quotes. Um, Give me one second. Forgive me. I should have had this up, but I, uh, I do not. All right. So Brooks said, when he was asked about the scene on 18, he said, yeah, it would have been cool if I didn't have the knee injury. Um, I got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because no one really gave a four-letter word personally. But if I was fine, yeah, it would have been cool. It's cool for Phil, but getting dinged a few times isn't exactly my idea of fun. He continued, I was trying to protect my knee. I don't think anybody really understands until you're coming out of surgery how. I mean, even when I was doing rehab and there's five people kind of standing by your knee, you get a little skittish. Like, I don't mind waiting or being in that crowd, but getting my, I don't know, I feel like somebody tried to, and then he stopped and said, I don't know what the deal was, but it is what it is. I'll be putting it on ice today. I feel like, four-letter word, right now. Somebody jammed Ricky, his caddy. Ricky stopped unintentionally because he got drilled in the face. And then I got hit because I got stopped so quickly. There were so many people around. So um, those may not happen again. Because Brooks is one of the best players in the world. I think he's the best player in the world here. DJ, pick one. Um, Those are probably coming to an end. If I had to guess. Although, and I wasn't there, so maybe somebody did hit him on purpose. I will say, kind of parroting what Brandel Chambly said, and far be it for me to agree with him. And I don't dislike Brooks. I, I, I like him. I, I do. I think he's got a persona that is fake. But whatever. You know, it doesn't affect me at all. Um if he didn't have that kind of off-putting personality, people would do that for him, too, when he would win a major. He's won a handful of them. He didn't have a scene like that. There might be a reason for that. And those quotes kind of tell a story. Or maybe somebody intentionally tried to hurt him, which I doubt. But maybe somebody did. 
because uh, the people that are able to go to the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island definitely strike me as people that are intentionally trying to intentionally hurt a person of Brooks's size. That that um, that doesn't really add up, but who knows? Could be true. All right, JP says, Borky, good morning. One follow-up question yesterday. Did the home security salesman's name rhyme with God? No, <laughs> no, uh, no. It. Um, he seemed, I mean, again, respect the hustle, right? You got to make money somehow. I'm not going to disparage somebody for, for being out there grinding, doing what you got to do to pay your bills, right? Uh, you got to do what you got to do. But don't come knocking on my door at 8.15 on a Friday night telling me that my neighborhood isn't safe anymore. And maybe I would have bought your your security cameras. Um, talking about the SEC tournament, you say, let's see what day and, day one and two do. Those bats could get hot and carry the reps. Tourneys are wacky because people hold their horses back. 19 Vandy, notwithstanding, whole effort there. And see, I, I just I don't think Ole Miss is capable, even with the offense being as good, of winning this many games this week. I, I mean, you saw game three against Georgia. They don't have the pitching staff that is capable of winning five games in a week against SEC competition. I don't think it's possible. That's just me. Um, I don't think it's possible. I could be dead wrong. I've been wrong before, certainly about this baseball team. They can hit it with anybody. And honestly, I think if they get to a regional, if you if you gave me odds or which one is almost more likely to win a, a regional or a super regional, I'd go super. I think they are more likely to win a super regional than a regional just because there's no possibility of a game four. But we'll see. I just I don't think they're capable of doing it with the arms they have to trot out there in a game two even, uh, but especially in a game three, I don't think they're capable. But uh, But that's just me. So... In basketball yesterday, that's right. I am uh, going to talk basketball here because, like I've told you guys before, even though some of you remind me constantly that nobody at all cares about the NBA whatsoever, and um, I shouldn't talk about it because they're all a bunch of commies and whatever. I'm going to because yesterday was fun, and uh, this isn't sponsored, and I don't get paid for this. So I'm going to talk basketball, even if it means nobody listens because it doesn't affect me at all. The Lakers losing makes me so happy. (laughs) I can't begin to describe how happy that makes me. After uh, the whole deal with Anthony Davis and Rich Paul and and all that, I I can't stand it. And uh, that made me happy yesterday, especially after. uh, You guys know me. The, The whole conversation around player movement in that league, I think, is so toxic to that league. It's embarrassing, really. The way it's covered is awful. Um, with Stephen A. Smith getting on ESPN and saying that Damian Lillard needs to leave Portland and go play for a real team like the Knicks or whatever. Um, the, The whole discourse around the way the NBA is covered and looked at is really pathetic, honestly. And remember last year, not even a year ago, just a few months ago, when the NBA was in the bubble and the Suns were playing really good. Remember, they played really good in the bubble and Devin Booker was shining. And Draymond Green got on the uh, the set with TNT and was was talking about how um, Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix. Here, I'll read the quote for you. This is Draymond Green. While Phoenix was trying to make the playoffs, they were in the bubble. And this was Draymond Green 
an active player for a different team on the set of one of the NBA's television partners said this. It's great to see Book playing well and Phoenix playing well, but get my man out of Phoenix. It's not good for him. It's not good for his career. They've got to get Book out of Phoenix. I need my man to go somewhere that he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that kind of player. Not even one year later, the next season, the very next season, the Phoenix Suns are the two seed. They could win the NBA Finals. They are that good. Devin Booker is incredible yesterday. He goes 37-8-7 yesterday. Broke some kind of like first playoff appearance record or whatever it was yesterday. He was phenomenal on the two seed. And Draymond Green sitting at home watching it on his television. Get my man out of Phoenix, he said. Well, if he'd have gone to Golden State, maybe you wouldn't be sitting at home after you couldn't win a playoff game or a play-in game. Good for Devin Booker. Good for the Suns. Uh, that noise, that discourse around it, the NBA is so pathetic. And Devin Booker, they, they, nobody acknowledged it. What Phoenix did was just put their heads down, and they went in freaking one. And now they are a potential NBA Finals winning team. They are that good. And yes, I do think that they can beat Brooklyn if that's what it comes down to. I love this. That makes me so happy because it's about time. Yesterday's results, I hope they hold because it's about time the league and the people that cover the league start paying attention to teams that are not in California and New York. And what a day it was yesterday with Booker and Phoenix dominating. The Lakers are forcing Anthony Davis to play the five, and he does not want to play the five. He is so anti-physical. He doesn't want to do it, and they make him do it because they have to to beat a team like Phoenix. And Aiton just physically manhandles him, and he's terrible because he doesn't want to get physical. It's almost as if New Orleans fans have been telling people for years that Anthony Davis will not play the five, even though that's where he should be playing. He won't do it, and he can't carry a team. We've been saying that for how long? And everybody's, oh, no, it's just New Orleans just sucks. He he doesn't have a supporting cast, even though um, he had Drew Holiday for years, who was Giannis's go-to guy and having a great year, and they can win a championship. He had Julius Randle, who... Wait, Julius Randle with the Knicks, who's got a really good team there, too. Huh. It's almost as if what everybody in New Orleans was saying about Anthony Davis was actually accurate. So the Lakers are going to have to force him to play the five, and he's got to man up, or or else the Lakers are going to lose in four. So he's got to be better right away. But these results yesterday are great. Um, Atlanta beating New York, Trey Young. I mean, that little move he put on the perimeter, I mean, that was incredible. And then he turns around to the Knicks fans and shushes them and says, it's expletive quiet in here. I mean, that, that was just awesome. I mean, you would think the Hawks weren't even a team. You wouldn't even think they were a team. But they have a great star in Trey Young who was clutch in the garden and the Knicks lose, the Lakers lose, the Knicks lose, and then the Memphis Grizzlies eliminate Greg Popovich and the Spurs, although nobody cares about them anymore. They eliminate Golden State, which you know all the network execs up in Bristol were pissed about that, and now they've taken game one from the one seed. What a day yesterday in basketball. You had close games, good games, fun. 
game winners. I mean, Memphis. Memphis is one player away from being a real contender because it, it was good that Dylan Brooks played the way he did yesterday. Like that. That's good, right? This is going to sound bad, but I think. I hope for Memphis that he doesn't think that that's what he needs to do every night because I think that will lead to a couple losses for Utah or, or for Memphis against Utah. I don't know if <laughs> you, you can't count on him like that the way he delivered last night. It, at least I don't think so. Um, I still think Utah's going to win the series, especially when they get Mitchell back. But that was a hell of a game. And for some reason, Utah just kept letting Morant just get to the basket, and they were running a bunch of man. And, and Memphis doesn't shoot well enough to space the way that Utah was giving them. And like the one time late that Utah decided to double jaw, it led to a turnover. But they just kept letting him get to the basket and get to the basket and hitting that little floater that he does. He just out-athletes people and just kind of backs them down and gets to a spot and rises up and hits a little floater. And Utah just gave it to him and gave it to him. And they still had a shot to tie late and had the worst out-of-bounds play that I've ever seen with four seconds left. And it was just awful. They got a terrible shot out of it. You deserve to lose. But what a banner day. What a great day for basketball unless you are ESPN. It was a great day. The Lakers lose. And Devin Booker shined, the Knicks lose, and Trey Young shined, and the little old Memphis Grizzlies and small market Memphis take down the Spurs, they take down the Warriors, and now they have eliminated home court advantage in the series against the number one team in the West. It's a heck of a day. It's a heck of a day, and I loved it. Also, hockey was great yesterday. I'm telling you, this time of year for a sports fan is just the best. Uh, the Preds went to another double overtime, another one. So if uh, you're one of those people, and I know a bunch of, of you actually, uh, who are Ole Miss or State Preds Grizzlies fans, there are some of you out there, more so from the Ole Miss side, I think, than the State side. But you guys get my point. There's some of you out there. Um, what a day. You get Grizzlies late win. Predators in double overtime. <laughs> Whew, I don't know how you guys do that. That's uh, that's stressful. But, man, the hockey was good yesterday. The basketball was good yesterday. The PGA was good yesterday. And now we have the SEC tournament starting tomorrow. Doesn't get much better than this, guys. JP says everybody on the coast is full, pulling for book. Awesome sauce yesterday. Yeah, I noticed that. I went to a, a Suns at Pelicans game a few years ago. And... Booker in particular had a lot of fans there, and I kept thinking, I was like, wait a minute. Um, I didn't know that there were that many Suns fans that like are around here. And then it hit me, oh, no, it's not because of that. It's because he's got people nearby. Uh, we sat behind a whole row of, of family, I, I guess, um, of his, which was pretty cool, so. All right, that's it for me, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, my plan is to do this from Hoover. I will bring that extra microphone. I don't know what the quality is going to be like. It's not like this one is putting out great audio either. Sound like I'm in a tin can, so it can't really get much worse than my setup, but it's uh, it's all I can afford, so that's what I got. 
Uh, anyway, um, that's the plan for now. I probably won't have this camera either. Probably have to do the awkward laptop cam. So, and this camera sucks too, because again, it's all I can afford. So, um, that's the plan for now, of course. And then we'll be doing the radio show from there as well. But in the meantime, y'all have a great week, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning before I head out to Hoover. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday should be live, probably from a hotel room, but live nonetheless. So, thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.